0: The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at GraceCitySD.com.
1: And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for the ability to be back um, here at the high school, God. Um, We just pray that your will be done here, Lord, and um, just pray blessing over Randall and the message that um, you will be speaking through him today. And yeah, we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Sam. Hey, it's great to see you all today. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Randall, and I'm pastor of Grace City. Uh, isn't it good to be back? Excited to be back. Excited to be back. Honestly, when I walked on the campus for the first time, I felt like there were so many memories that flooded back into my mind of just us being here, all the great things that God has done over the years. And so it, uh, it just feels like home for me uh, being here. And so if this is your first time joining us at the UC campus here, um, I'm just excited to see what God's going to be doing in this next season uh, for our church here. And, uh, and I've heard that some of you like haven't been able to join us uh, over that two-year stretch when we were away from UC. And so you're like, you came back to the school and it feels like home again. So that's exciting. Um, so today for us is Vision Sunday. Um, I thought it would be timely for us because we were going to do Vision Sunday a little bit later, but we were also going to get into the school a little bit later, but we got in earlier. And so we got in a couple weeks earlier, and I was reading through, studying these passages in the book of Acts, and as I was reading and studying, this text right here stuck out to me more uh, when we start to talk about vision than, than any of the other texts. Because this is the sensitivity that we need to understand about what's going on, right? Like what's going on in our lives? And so we've been studying through the book of Acts, and you're just joining, joining us uh, from the beginning of the year. We've been walking through, talking about, okay, what, is, what does it look like to be the church, right? We don't, we don't just create our own ideas of what we think the church is or should be. No, we look at what God says it is. And so we have a a high view of Scripture. We open up the Scriptures every week. That's why we say, open up your Bibles because we're going to read what God's Word says. And we want to go with what God says. And so when we think about the church, how the church operates, and and how the church works in the world, we're going to see that in the book of Acts. And so we're in Acts 16, 6 through 10. And here's our message today. Our guide through the uncertainty. Our guide through the uncertainty. I know that all of us here, we've we've felt that uncertainty, right? Even today, you're like, should I wear my mask? Should I not? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I just want you to know that that the the most important thing for us is that you're here. Is that you're here. And so we will do whatever it takes to make sure that you're here and you're in a safe space so that we can be together as the church. And so I just want you to, to know for me, like if you come up to me and you've got a mask on, i got my mask right here and I'm going to put this on. I'm fully vaccinated, but I will do that because I, I don't care if there's any, like any of the barriers that are in our culture right now to try to keep us apart, I will go through any barrier to make sure that you're here. Because I don't want for us to go back online. I want us to do everything that we can to continue to gather together to be the people of God. We've done the online thing. It's hard, isn't it? We'll do it, but we're going to do everything we can. And so even with the school here, we're going to abide by all the restrictions, all the things that they give us. We're going to respect those. But as a church body, my part for you is to make sure that you're here, that you're engaged, that you're in a relationship with somebody here that's going to encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. It's been a hard you. A lot of uncertainty. See, and I don't think I've ever done something more uncertain than, then plant a church. Right? You're planting a church. You're stepping out of faith. You don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I didn't know that to something like today would happen. Right? You don't know those things. But now it's around almost six years later. And and now we have this task of, of, of moving as the church through an, an, another pandemic. Not knowing what's going to happen. It feels uncertain. But I just want to encourage you today. Church. Circumstances may seem uncertain, but we have a very certain God that we can place our hope in that's a better guide than any of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so for us, I want to remind you of the greater God, because that's what we're going to see in today's text. Our guide through the uncertainty. We're going to walk through this together, church. And so, uh, first, what is Vision Sunday? Why do we do this? Well, well it's, it's a family gathering of sorts. And it's an opportunity for us to be reminded who we are, where we've been, and where we're headed. And so just a little bit about Grace City, if you're just joining us. Our, our vision is to be a church for our city that seeks new life in Jesus. And so what that means is that we are not a church here for ourselves. We're a church here for our others, our community, to love this community because Jesus has loved us. And our mission is to equip you with the gospel for everyday life. We believe that the message of Jesus is not just something that we read off on a page from 2,000 years ago. But what we believe is that it flows into our life today. It matters today. And we want to equip you for today to know that Jesus is right there with you. And so... Just if you're joining us, or just as a reminder, we got to say, like, where have we been? Well, over the past year, we, uh, as a church family, weren't meeting here at UC High, but we attempted to, to do a strategic alliance in our community with another church body. And we tried to navigate through that, but it didn't go through. We also navigated this global pandemic, which we're going through right now. We met at, at Stanley Park. Uh, last October we started there, and today we're back at UC High School where it all started. But here's the thing: by God's grace, I've been reminded again and again that the church is not a building. Right? We could say that, but I know that it's not a building. It's His people, and that being an established church in this community is not how long we've been here, but how committed. We are to be a faithful presence of the gospel in this community that reflects Jesus. See, it's people. It's you and me. saying we are committed to living this out and following Jesus. Over the past year, we've been able to uh, see partnerships in our community strengthened, even through the midst of a pandemic, being able to help in different ways, various ways, and even now being back on campus here, being able to partner, like Brooks said, with the high school. We've been able to raise finances for Pastor Silas to go to Myanmar, and so he's over in Myanmar, helping uh, the, the, the people there on the border that, that are suffering and, and helping teach them the gospel. Uh, we've been able to help partner with a, a city-to-city church plan. Uh, that's going to be planting and sharing the gospel with a new community up in Anaheim. We started over the summer, summer discipleship groups. And so some of you are in those and we, we, you've been able to, to just work through the word together, right? Focus on God's word and, and do that in a smaller group, in a smaller setting. We've, we've had men's and women's retreats, which many of us have been on and been a, able to be a part of. And it was exciting to see how God was working and over this season, I've had the joy of being able to invest in some new deacons and also some elder candidates for our church. Now, This is the first time that our church, after six years, is now coming to this place where we are lifting up and raising up elders within our church family. And it's an amazing time. You know, Scripture teaches us that, that it takes a team of, of godly leaders to preserve the health of the church. And we are committed to, to, to preserving the health of this church that God is building. And lastly, where are we headed? Well, here's some things to be excited about. In fall 2021, we're gonna start city groups back again. We've been looking at, there's a local marriage retreat. We wanna see strong marriages in our church. And so there's a a marriage retreat here in our community that that we're looking at uh, giving you more information about very soon. A college ministry and outreach is starting. Uh, more opportunities to serve our city. We're going to be focusing on, on rebuilding healthy ministries like the kids ministry and eventually the youth ministry. But here's my take. The first thing, and Brooke said this, we're, we're a work in progress. And number two, it's going to take time. Uh, I need you to hear my heart. Please listen. Like We care about you and your walk with Jesus. And I know that it's been a difficult difficult time over the past year and a half. And so here's what it feels like. It feels like you go through this difficult season, then all of a sudden you're told you got to go like 100 miles an hour into the fall. I just want you to know you can rest. You can rest. It's okay to rest in Jesus. And I want you to know that that's the most important thing for our church, to let you know that that's what our priority is. So what can we learn today about God's vision and how it works out through his people? Well, we're looking at uh, the text from Acts 16, 6 through 10. So again, if you've got your Bibles, that's where we're going to be. Uh, just to give some context here, the Apostle Paul, uh, who at one time was a persecutor of the church, is now uh, a part of the, the team that is going on the second missionary journey. And he's headed out with a man named Silas. Uh, Last time we looked looked at um, how he was going to a place called Lystra and then took along a man named Timothy with him. And as we looked at the life of Timothy, we saw that Timothy wasn't just some superstar that stuck out of the crowd, but actually was just a, a faithful, humble disciple of Jesus. And now as we look at this journey, the journey begins in the second missionary journey. We need to ask the question, how does God guide them? How does God guide them? And what we see here in the text is that God guides them in three ways. And so we're going to see that He guides them by number one, understanding His presence, number two, trusting His leading, and number three, seeing His mission. Understanding His presence, trusting His leading, seeing His mission. And so I think this will be helpful for us as we think about vision today. The first one is understanding his presence. Look at verse six. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now what's happening here? Well, we see that Paul and his companions, they're traveling through Phrygia and Galatia, but it says that their plan was to be in Asia. So, if we were setting out the, the roadmap saying where are they headed to, Asia is the destination. But then we see this word uh, there that says this it says they were kept. They were kept. Now, this is a verb, and it can be translated as to prevent, or to forbid, or to refuse. To prevent, forbid, or refuse. And so we got to ask, who is actively restraining Paul and his team from going to Asia? It says that it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we see that the Holy Spirit is actively preventing his team from going. Why? Was it a wrong thing for them to go to Asia? No. No. They wanted to preach the gospel in Asia. That was a good thing, right? But here's what we're finding. In God and his timing and his sovereignty, good thing, not the time. It was a good thing. It wasn't the time. And the Holy Spirit is actively restraining this team, saying, you're not going there. You see, here's the thing. Acts 1-7 says this. Jesus, if we're looking at the book of Acts, Jesus at the very beginning said this. He says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. It's not for you to know the, the, the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Here's the thing. You and I are living life, but God has a bigger plan than what we can see. And we see that the Holy Spirit is actively leading this team in the direction that they're supposed to go. How did this happen? Well, Tony Marita, who's a commentator on this text, says this. He says, we don't know exactly how they were forbidden. Did they receive a divine vision? Did the, did the Lord withdraw his, their sense of peace? Did they experience transportation difficulties? Did sickness hinder them? We don't know. All we know is that they were blocked. God may prevent us from doing certain things and going certain places in a whole host of ways. So should doors close, don't despair. Keep trusting in the Lord who leads his children. You ever had doors that felt like they were open, that, 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 that it was meant to be, and then it just goes and get, just gets slammed in your face? And you think to yourself, well, why did that happen? God, how, how, I thought that was the right direction we were supposed to go in. But many times, instead of, we're focused more on that closed door than we are on the one who closed the door. And what we need to understand is that his presence is the most important thing. God was actively with The team. And that's what mattered more than accomplishing their plans and their to-do list. See, for some of us today, we, we feel like we're in this cycle where it just feels like door after door after door is closing. But maybe it's by the grace of God that those doors are closing. And that he's trying to get your attention, saying, hey, hey, look at me, I'm still here with you. Because that's what's happening for the team here. God is with them, but it's understanding his presence, not exactly understanding the whole plan and how it's going to work out. Secondly, it's this, trusting his leading. So let's look at verses seven through eight. Uh, when they came to the border of Mysia, uh, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. Troas. Okay, so what do we see here? Well, first one, we saw a closed door to Asia. Okay, let's try another path. Let's try it another way. We're gonna gonna try to enter Bithynia and another door closes. Why? First, it said the Holy Spirit. In this one, it says the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, Jesus are on the same page. (laughs) They're on the same page. One God, three persons, same page. And so, what does Paul and his team do? They try to make another door to Asia. We're just going to make it happen. We're going to be those driven people. We're going to make this, this, this really work out. No. That's not what they did. They surrendered to God's leading by, it says, passing by Mysia. Passing. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. Now, this is really important. And it's important because they're being led away from the city of Bithynia, which would have been more comfortable because that's where the cities are. More people, right? It would have made more sense. And they're being led into the backwoods. In many ways, this could feel like the wrong direction. Hold on, Jesus. Bithynia is that way. The cities are that way. That's where the people are. They need to hear your gospel. That's where we need to go. No. I'm going to lead you out into the backwoods, the wilderness. See, in many ways, this could feel like, again, the wrong direction because it's more dangerous, treacherous. And again, they're going in a completely different direction than what they had planned for. But the key is that they're starting to understand they're being led. Right? God's presence is there. He's with them but now they're surrendering to the fact that he's leading them. Hold on, God's leading us. Here's the lesson. God leads. This is how he works. And it's not just in the life of Paul and Silas and Timothy. No, it's in your life too. See, in the life of Jesus, it says that he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Remember that? Remember Jesus' temptation? out in the wilderness, Matthew 4, 1, it says this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hold on, who led Jesus to the wilderness? The Holy Spirit did. Who at times might lead us not into the safety and the security and the the, the place of comfort? It might be that God is leading us in that direction. See, this is about trusting God's leading, even if it means you're being led into the wilderness. Oswald Chambers once said, have you been asking God what he's going to do? He will never tell you. God does not tell you what he is going to do. He reveals to you who he is. Do you believe in a miracle working God? And will you go out in complete surrender to him until you are not surprised one iota by anything he does? See, that's the God that we serve. Who's able to do much more than what we had planned. And what does it lead to? Well, the last point is this, seeing his mission. Uh, Look at verses 9 and 10. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Here's what you need to know Macedonia was not next door wasn't 10 miles down the road. This was over land and sea that they had to travel to get to Macedonia. And it says that Paul came to this conclusion because it says that that he had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, God teaches us and reveals things to us in different ways. And for Paul, what it took for him to really understand the message is God sends this vision. God sends this vision and says, this is, this is really the bigger plan that I want you to understand. And, and for Paul, he saw it. And, and, and what he saw was not a, a checklist. He didn't see a plan. He saw a person. He saw a person. Someone that was begging for help standing and begging him, come to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul receives this vision, in verse 10 it says that he had seen the vision and then verse 10 says, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. This personal vision that God sends to Paul, now becomes a corporate vision for reaching the community of Macedonia. Right? They all concluded that God was doing something, that God was at work. I remember when we first came into the community here at UC, people had told me, they said, hey, you're praying about where to plant a church. why don't you check out UTC? That, that feels like it might be the right place. So I remember about six and a half years ago, driving into this community with my family. We were just driving throughout all these different parts of San Diego, praying and just saying, God, where do you want us to be? And I remember we, we drove up on Governor Drive and we were kind of checking things out. And I was like, is this UTC? Huh, I don't know. And so like I remember we went into the Starbucks because it feels like you can kind of get a, 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 a grasp of the demographic if you just go into Starbucks to understand the community. So we went into the Starbucks there and we were like, there's nobody in here. It was like the, it was like crickets. Like no one was there, which is so random because I go to that Starbucks all the time and people are there all the time. But we went there and there was nobody there. And so I turned to my wife and we were like, all right, I, I don't think this UTC place is it. And so I remember we, we drove down to Pacific Beach and then we went to Ocean Beach. We were driving through there and we were like, man, this doesn't feel right. And it was like getting dark. And we, I was just like, we need to turn around and just go back up to UTC and go check this out again. And so we drove up Genesee. And I remember we went into the Costa Verde Starbucks and my wife's like, I'm gonna go run in real quick. And she comes back out and she's in tears. And she looks at me and she says, Randall, this is where we need to be. This is it, this is the place. She said, I, this is, it, it's just the beautiful diversity of this community, I love it, it's just, this is it. Here's the thing, I didn't go in there and see what she saw. But I sensed that it was God who was bringing us. And I remember I was like, okay, this is it. And I remember driving up Genesee. And I had this sense, like, we were supposed to be at this high school. Again, I didn't know if it was like what I ate that day or whatever it was. But it was like, I felt like I was like, we were supposed to be there. And we tried different places. I remember trying different, different places. And it was like, every place was like, nope, nope, nope. And the one place was UC High that said, hey, We'll have you, we'll have you. And in many ways, it didn't make sense because we had like 10 people and trying to come in, it just didn't make sense. But it was like, it it wasn't us. It was God. And I can tell you that from personal experience that when my wife walked in there, it wasn't this plan of like, oh, we got to go do this church plan in this area. She saw people. We saw people. We saw this community. Say, this is where God wants us to be. And I'm so thankful. And right? I'm so grateful for the story in which God's telling through this church because this is His church and He's the leader. And so, just some takeaways today. How can we be guided by God? both individually and corporately as a church. The first one is this, be still and know that he's there. Be still and know that he's there. The fact that our lives move at such a a rapid pace to be still and know that he's there. Psalm 46.10 says, he says, God says, be still. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. See, that. know that in his grace, God restrains us and sends us. And maybe the, the best thing for you and for me is that God closed that door and we don't realize why it happened yet. But just trusting him in that. God is the leader. But we got to be still and know that he's there. He's with us. The second point is this. Wait long enough to be led. Wait long enough to be led. Again, some of us are running at such a rapid pace that, that we don't wait. We just run ahead and we say, here's all the plans that I've got. And here's where we're going. And here's what I'm doing. And all of those things. But 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 waiting long enough to be led. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What's the hardest thing for us? Waiting, right? Waiting. His timing. Yeah. But the fact that God says, no, I'm 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 telling you to wait. Because I will show up. See, this is a beautiful thing. Charles Spurgeon once says, leading implies following. For those who are enabled to follow the guidance of the divine spirit are most assuredly children of God. For the guidance uh, for the Lord leads his own children. If then you are following the lead of God's spirit, you have one of the evidences of sonship. To be a daughter, to be a son of God is to be led by God. We live in a world right now that is so driven to do things. And what happens? We get driven in the ground because the pace is unsustainable. But to be led by God and asking God, please help me to wait on you. Lead me where you want me to be. That's a different question. Next is see those he's placed around you. Acts 16.10, it said that after Paul had seen the vision, you see it there? We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Here's the beautiful thing. This is the beginning of the we passages. And so the author of uh, Acts is Luke. Luke is writing these passages. And before, he's, he's, he's kind of narrating what's, what's happening. But now he's talking about we're doing these things. And so at some point, Luke had arrived and started to travel with them on the second missionary journey, and so this is the "we passages. And, and, and the thing is, like, it's not just me, it's not just what I think. It's, it's, it's all of us coming together, living out the gospel. It's us. Thinking back to our last service two years ago here at this facility. One of the people that would uh, be a, a staple as one who would be on the greeting team every week was my friend Jack. You probably remember Jack. He would sit there at the front gate with his wheelchair and just give fist bumps, you know, fist bumps to people as they were coming in. Or he wanted to be moved in here just so he could fist bump everybody as they were coming in. And I remember um, when I first uh, met Jack, went over to his house and just kind of sat with him, and he said, "You know, he said, I could watch sermons on TV or my computer." He so said, "What I need is a church family. That's what I need." And I looked at him, and I remember saying to him, "You got yourself a church family." You know, he went to go be with the Lord in 2020. And he's rejoicing with God right now. He's not in a wheelchair anymore. But I just know that that what makes the church special is us, is we, is a family. And I want you to know that, that you have a family here at this church. The next one is ask God to see his mission. Ask God to see his mission. Remember what the, the mission was. It wasn't just some plan, strategic plan on a, on a whiteboard. It was people. It was the people in Macedonia. This week I got to meet with a man named Sam who's heading up a ministry on UCSD campus with crew ministry, but specifically it's to reach international students. It's called Bridges International. And to be able to hear from him and his heart for international students, he said, do you realize that UCSD is number eight in the nation for most international students? Number eight in the nation, he says, You don't have to travel anywhere. The world is here. The world is here. And why was it that my wife came out of that Starbucks in tears because she saw that the world is here. Do you see that the mission field is here? Do you see that Jesus says, the the, the fields are white, they're ripe for the harvest. All I need is some, some workers for the harvest field to see my mission. It's important. And I'm excited for what God is going to do as we start to see what his mission is. And lastly, believe that God's plan is bigger than you. God's plan is bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. And that's the exciting part about God's plan. Because isn't it so easy for us to just get wrapped up in what's going on in my world? God says, look around. I love this quote from Jerry Bridges he says we we do have a responsibility to make wise decisions or to discover the will of God but God's plan for us is not contingent upon our decisions God's plan is sovereign it includes our foolish decisions as well as our wise as well as our wise ones is that hard for you to believe Is that hard for you to believe that God could be not only over your wise decisions, but also over your foolish ones and say, I'm working them all together for my good, for my plan? I got a bigger plan that's bigger than you? I know that's good news for me today. Because as I think about the history of our church, there's things along the way that I say, man, I... I could beat myself up over and say, man, I just feel like I made a bad decision here. I did this there, or whatever. And like, But you know what that, that path is? It's a path towards being self-absorbed. And that's sinful. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about God. And God is much bigger than our plans And the good news of the gospel today is this that despite our wickedness, our foolishness, and our bad decisions, God was certain of this. In our uncertainty, He was certain of this, that He would die for sinful people. And He was so certain about it that He would pay the ultimate price by giving His own life. Do you believe that? Do you see that? Do you believe that God's love can cover up all the mistakes and all of the mess of our lives? And at the very end, he can bring it all together in a tapestry that says, only by the grace of God could this have happened. Friends, that's where we're going to go. That's what we're going to be about. There's no grandiose plans for this fall other than just being faithful to God and his presence in this community and saying, God, lead us to where you want us to go. That's what we want to be as a church. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that in this passage here, we see that you're at work, that, God, you did this, and that you will continue to to work out your plans and your ways, and we just want to be faithful servants that surrender to your plan, Lord. Thank you for today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for how you work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at GraceCitySD.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.